As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, welcome to Full Time with Meg Linehan. You are listening to a podcast all about women's soccer on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Meg, your host, and I'm a national staff writer at The Athletic covering the NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team. I've got a lot of laughs, but also some very good and thoughtful discussion on today's show for you as I am joined by the two women behind Gal Pal Sports, Leslie Ryder and Emily Anderson, to discuss their approach to comedy and content and the culture of the NWSL as the league grows. Before we get to today's news recap and then that interview, a quick reminder, you can subscribe to The Athletic for just $3.99 a month and also show your support for the coverage of women's soccer and women's sports by visiting theathletic.com slash full time. Here is the big news of the week. So we got the first U.S. Women's National Team friendly set for April with the team heading to Europe as expected. That first match will be against Sweden on April 10th. And the great news here is that the game will be broadcast on Fox, not FS1, but Big Fox. Uh, The Federation is also still working on the arrangements for a second friendly for April 13th. Canada also has plans for the international break and will be making their own Euro trip. They play Wales on April 9th and then England on April 13th. We do have at least one NWSL schedule in place, with the league releasing all of the details of the 2021 Challenge Cup earlier this week. I've got the full breakdown of the format, some games to watch, and basically everything that you could potentially even want to know in advance of the games kicking off next month up at The Athletic. That link will be in the show notes. So far, there is not much in the way of super surprising results from the round of 16 in the Champions League. Chelsea, Bayern, Barcelona, Wolfsburg, and Lyon have all advanced to the final eight. No surprises there. Man City plays on Thursday. PSG, though, will have to wait for their second leg until March 17th. One press release that I did not expect this week came from U.S. Congress, with two Congresswomen introducing a new piece of legislation to address the equal pay issue for the U.S. Women's National Team. Representatives uh, Doris Matsui from Sacramento and Rosa DeLauro of the 3rd District of Connecticut introduced what they're calling the Goals Act, which stands for Give Our Athletes Level Salaries, and would also specifically block any and all federal funding for the 2026 World Cup until U.S. soccer pays the U.S. Women's National 
national team fair and equitable wages. Now, there's not a lot of details on how Congress might interpret this, but just as a reminder, this is pretty much exactly why U.S. soccer hired lobbyists. FIFA does not enjoy it when the government starts interfering with World Cup funding. They have previously introduced a version of this uh, legislation back in 2019. Joe Manchin from West Virginia has also said that he would do this. And, and also, just as a reminder, Joe Biden tweeted last year to U.S. soccer, equal pay now or else when I'm president, you can go elsewhere for you for World Cup funding. So <laughs> introducing this particular bill, again, is just the first step of many, many steps, but it is something to watch. And also, of course, just as a fun marking of time, this Monday was the two-year anniversary of the lawsuit being filed by the U.S. Women's National Team players against the Federation. And again, what a journey those two years have been. Okay, news done. As promised, Emily and Leslie from Galpal Sports are here with me on full time to discuss their approach to comedy content and community in women's soccer and plenty more. Now, if you haven't seen any of their videos, maybe even hit pause on this podcast right now, go visit galpalsports.com first. You can watch a video or two. I am actually in at least one of them, and then you can come back to the podcast. Uh, But once you're ready, here is Emily and Leslie. And while you cannot obviously see this on a podcast, uh, Leslie chose to wear her Meg is the schedule out yet t-shirt because of course. So to start, how about how about just for since I can see you both on Zoom and your faces, but let's let's do a little introduction because some of you some of the people listening might just know you as the greater concept of Gal Pal Sports. <laughs> <laughs> so let's actually introduce the Gal Pals <laughs> in question. So you can be your own individual people. <laughs> Oof, I don't know. Individuality scares me. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've, we've developed a safety in numbers over the last year, for sure, um, <laughs> which is actually the opposite of what we should have learned. Um, I'm Emily. Uh, I am uh, by day a product manager in tech, um, but I've been a soccer fan and soccer player my whole life. Um, started playing when I was five and uh, been following along the women's soccer community as long as I can remember, uh, Meg in particular, um, but since... I don't know when. Um, and then, yeah, this is my fiance, Leslie. That's me. That's you. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to do that thing. <laughs> yep, we are. <laughs> uh, I'm Leslie. I am an actor slash writer slash comedy person. I feel I, I don't like uh, saying comedian because I don't think I, I own that yet. You'll get there. Um, but uh, that's 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 what I do. And uh, we're living in L.A., Mm-hmm. And uh, I had worked as an event manager in catering. And obviously in the year of our Lord 2020, that went away. So uh, 2020 gave me a lot of time to work on this. Yep. Yeah. I want I want to talk to the two of you about that. I want to start there because, you know, I feel like I, I remember getting the follow and laughing at the name. Right. So first I want to talk to you about like when you're, when you're thinking about, okay, we're going to make this, this Twitter and we're going to start making videos. What was the thought process of the actual like handle and the name of gal pal sports? Because I have a very definitive thing where my brain goes when I think about the term gal pals, especially in, in the realm of sports. And that's Abby Wambach and Sarah Huffman. That's the exact kickoff, actually, of it, um, at least in my brain. I don't know about yours. I think you came up with it. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought of that, but I feel like around the time that was when there was a lot of, uh, stuff on TV where it was like in, in Supergirl where, mm-hmm. where there was like an urban dictionary definition of, of like, gal pal, Lena, of like Kara and-, and Lena are gal pals <laughs> sharing, <laughs> sharing this moment together. Yeah. And so it, it is a joke. I think if, if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, that's okay. Um, we're, we're happy to bring you in, um, and hopefully you get it eventually, but if you don't, that's okay too. Um, yeah. Also, maybe it's not for you then. Um, and, and that's also okay. Um, but yeah, it did, at the point too, we were just dating. So I think it was kind of fun of like, what what are we? And occasionally we had been confused for sisters or friends. Yes, or... yes we'd, we'd, go to, we'd go to games together and uh, we, we got sisters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. the very USA game in San Jose and uh, sisters. Sisters was a big one. And it was like, oh yeah, no, we're, we're dating. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of, so it, the actual formation was in 2019, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 That, that, yeah. Uh, that checks out. Yeah. I, I pulled it off of your website. So I feel like you can trust yourselves in terms of. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it feels more official coming from you, uh, being, a, being a reporter. Meg says we were founded in 2019. So I accept it as fact. <laughs> right. Okay. In terms of what, as you were just talking about 2020, obviously it felt like all of a sudden there was just a lot more content coming from the two of you. So what, what has the last, I mean, now we're kind of like at a year, right? Like we're, we're pretty much at the kind of shutdown yep. <laughs> anniversary. Um, so that's, you know, a joy in and out of itself. I guess actually the day that this episode drops is the 11th, which was the final U.S. Women's National Team game until November right so that is kind of like in my brain the one year anniversary of watching everything kind of collapse (laughs) yeah I think that's actually a really interesting benchmark because I think I remember watching that game and being like should we be doing this I don't know (laughs) yeah I mean we at that time we had kind of already started our we're gonna stay inside for a while because I had just come from working a wedding in Palm Desert with 900 people and LA was already and it's like we're doing a state of emergency so it was like let's ride this out for a couple of weeks and see where we're at yeah and I thankfully was able to work from home my company went remote very early on um which gave us more time together to make more content uh for better or for worse not for better for better for better um but uh we were just talking about how over 2020 and when we first started we had all these ideas about stuff we wanted to do and um, we actually had plans to go to spring training in 2020 in Arizona. That weekend. That weekend. And we canceled the trip um, and we were going to make content there. And it was kind of one of our first big, we're going to go out and, you know, talk to people and make something funny. I think especially around the Astros was part of it. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that got swept under the rug real quick. <laughs> sure did. Um, bigger things happened. Um, but we had all these big ideas, but I don't think we're necessarily prepared to execute them. Um, and then everything shutting down and us being stuck inside for all intents and purposes kind of forced us to play with the tools we had on hand and the skills we already had and figure out a process for making content. Um, it also just allowed us to communicate a lot more during the day yeah. so that 
ideas could come up more organically. So as you know, I'm passing say, hey, did you see that article from so and so about this thing? And you'd say, yeah, I got an idea. And then, you know, next thing I know, there's a Google Doc that <laughs> I'm being asked to look at. <laughs> Uh, the the uh, Google Doc of I mean that is kind of like the magic right of just being like hey I have this idea can you can you please look at that so I mean I do that with my wife on any number of things where I'm just like I put something here can you please look at it and tell me like yes no should I keep going yep yeah so. she's she's become the the trusted eyes of okay now that I've I've tweaked it enough that I don't hate it <laughs> you can look at it and 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 tell me that what you like about it and what you hate about it. Yeah. And you being the comedy person and more practiced, at least in writing for entertainment and like script purposes, um, all have an idea, but don't necessarily know how to put words to the joke that I see. Um, and so me trying to translate ideas to you of like, here's an idea. Please tell me yes, no, or maybe. Um, I got you this. Yeah. This is, this is a rock. I need you to make a house out of it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. And so that's, that's kind of been the process lately is um, it, one of us will have an idea. Leslie will do most of the writing. And then when uh, she gets to a point where she's good with it, uh, we'll, we'll start collaborating on what it takes to get it from paper to screen. In terms of 2020, content i mean obviously and you're not just making stuff about women's soccer right like there there's nwhl stuff there's there's i think football in there as well like it's kind of yeah you know we're a bit at the at our at our whims a bit (laughs) yeah is there a video that stands out to you in terms of whether it was just something that you really enjoyed making or got like a really good reaction where you're just like oh yeah that was the one where it was like oh okay like we can kind of see where this is going I mean, uh, working with Jillian Fisher was a lot of fun during mm-hmm. the Challenge Cup. Um, yeah, that that was something that I feel like once that hit, it was like, oh, okay, this people like this and people want to see more of that. And it, yeah, it's like it's resonating with people and and, and they like it. It's it's nice to, to to hear it when people like things. That's that's just that's just how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, there's a couple of different points of where different pieces have felt like they've clicked. That one was really good. I think it was fun for you to get to play with other people that weren't <laughs> me, um, cause, or myself. I was I was I was doing a lot of uh, trying to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the uh, journalist hotline one was quite fun, but I really do think one of the biggest milestones was uh, the shirt video. That was, um, that, yeah, that one, that one might have that kind of, that one kind of kicked us off. I think it really pulled us out of a, a slump. We were we were kind of silent for a bit, and then that mm-hmm. idea hit, and we were just like, ah, okay, let's go. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. the the most recent favorite one is probably the the sky blue Elise one just because it uh the most recent um like winter preseason um it, it touched on a lot of things I think that have been working for us um but also felt really true to us being stuck in Michigan in the snow uh through winter this year looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, I did. I did want to ask you, because I feel like Elise is a very common <laughs> character. <laughs> like, and I don't want to say like Elise LaHue, the human and general manager of Sky Blue, but kind right. of this concept mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Elise. Like un- it's like an Elise. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I like one of the great things about Elise is that she's someone who is extremely transparent about all of the good, the bad, the ugly. And like, that's kind of a rarity for someone in her position in women's sports. Like there's, uh, I mean, there's something. In any sports. Yeah, I mean, uh, Emily Emily likes to uh, call it tox- po- toxic positivity, uh, something that we are afflicted with a bit in, in sports, in tech, I think it's a lot of places. Um, but uh, Elise will give it to you realistically. She's approachable, she's available. Um, but also I think there's something in her that we recognize and, um, really appreciate is that transparency, but also, um, the willingness to kind of do the groundwork and get a thing done. So when they didn't have the, um, the beer garden that they Mm -hmm. were supposed to have. And, you know, I think that was one of my first introductions to Elise was her just getting out there with beers and being like, we're having a beer garden. Here's my grocery cart full (laughs) of Budweiser, hard seltzer, blue. Like, I just remember, I think she had like three carts worth. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like, yeah, we're doing this. It's like a cooler (laughs) and it's like, it's a beer garden now. And it was like, that's really cool. It's really cool um, to see that energy get put in. Um, but also Elise is up for a good joke uh, and I hope takes it with a, a grain of appreciation or like knows that imitation truly is the sincerest form of flattery. Uh, it also helps that, you know, they don't, you don't look too different. So it's an easy character to slip into. Yeah. They uh, uh, just throw on the glasses and it's not too hard, but uh, you know, Emily cuts her own hair. So if she were to ever shave it too short there, there might be a Paul Riley video coming your way. So just be on the lookout. Yeah. Can you do the accent though? Is the question. Mm, I mean, you. We'll put on some British TV for a bit, and you'll just slip in. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Live, I have the benefit of having lived in England for a year, and so, and I do the annoying thing where I pick up other people's accents. So it it wouldn't take too much. Yeah. To do. I mean, honestly, just as someone who has covered Paul Riley for a really long time, I mean, the the primary joke with Paul. And I think he would be first to admit this, like, but any single media availability, or if you're doing an interview with him, you get that one first question in, and then you wait for eight minutes while he literally, I mean, the great thing with him, you know, I wrote that Dabinia story, right? A couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago. And so I'm like, okay, I do want to talk to Paul because like, one of my favorite genres of stories is just like, say nice things about a person Mm -hmm. that I then get to work into a story. But like with Paul, like you just know, okay, I'm going to get that first question in, and then it's just going to be 
10 minutes of praise about Davinia. And I'm not going to have, like, he's going to hit all of the questions that I'm probably going to ask anyway, because he's just mentally running down the list of things that he appreciates about Davinia. But like, that is Paul is if you get him on a topic that he really like, he's just going to 10 minutes later, you'll be like, okay, thanks. <laughs> like uh, my second question, I think you covered four minutes ago. So I yeah. think we're good here. <laughs> thanks. That's my time. Yeah. Yeah, I just like every time that I mean, and obviously North Carolina has been in the championship a lot. But if you go back to watch like the media things that they live stream, like there will be a question for Paul and it's like Rory Dames just sitting on the podium like, I guess. I'll yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch with the like Rory and his hoodie is is something that I hope to I hope to explore in the future because um, he 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 seems like one of those uh, silent, gentle souls who, who looms large, but uh like car- carries the big stick, but like won't necessarily use it. Yeah. Also very committed to a hoodie, just mm-hmm. real, mm-hmm. real commitment to the hoodie life in like, a way uh, that I don't personally understand considering that he's yeah. wearing it in Orlando and it's 90 degrees with hundred percent humidity. And I'm just like, are you melt? Like, what are you doing in there? <laughs> I, I might be fitting into this video better than I thought. I'm the person <laughs> wearing jeans in like August, like in the middle of the heat. So maybe, maybe it's meant to be. It could be. Maybe yeah, that's right. Our, our proximity to Chicago, it's, it's going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All right. I had one other just kind of like bigger picture question about some Mm -hmm. of your process, because I think, especially when it comes to NWSL videos in particular, you know, I think that a lot of the humor has been kind of gentle in its own way. Like it's never, it's never really pushing that many buttons. And I think it, it comes from this place of like love, like we're going to make fun of this thing, but if anyone else tries to make fun of this thing, we're going to fight you. Right. (laughs) Um, and I think that that's, it is kind of this interesting dynamic. And I think we're going to get into a larger discussion here about kind of the culture around the NWSL, but in terms of like the humor that you're trying to incorporate into the NWSL, like, do you have that sense of like, this is our thing to kind of protect, but also like we're doing this in a very loving way at the same time. I think yes. Yeah. I think, I, I think we, we feel that, um, that make it come from a loving place for sure. Yeah. It's um, authentic. We do love yeah, it. We, we love this. Like we, we make fun because we love this thing. Um, I would say for me, I, I kind of feel that protective, that dome of protectiveness over pretty much all women's sports. Cause if you put out anything, about uh, whether it's women's soccer or you put out a WNBA post uh, that's a highlight, there's going to be some idiot who comes into the comments immediately like, this sucks. Yeah. Um, it's like, there's, it's like, that's okay. It's not for you. Move along. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to get to a point where we're like, it's okay to just be neutral on, mm-hmm. on women's sports and leave it alone. Yeah. Like you can just be quiet. Yeah. No one has asked you. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's like when I get comments on stories, like, I don't know how this got into my feed, but I can't, I'm so offended that I literally have to come into this post and leave a comment to tell you it's like, that I this is terrible. That it, I really that... don't. <laughs> my favorite are the ones where they say, I don't care. And it's like, you've demonstrated you care because you're yeah. time. It's energy. Our yes. most limited resources are time and energy. <laughs> you're spending yours here. Um, the way I think of it in terms of like our humor and the league, I don't think it's, no one else can make fun of it. If anything, I think 
even when I see someone else doing, you know, comedic videos in the realm, I'm excited about it because uh, it means more people are talking about it. Um, I do think there is kind of an earned time in the system though. Um, But that's true of any community that I think anyone comes into new. Um, You should take time to do a lot of listening and (laughs) I'm not going to say learning, Um, but looking around and understanding what you're entering into. Um, And so the way we think of it, I think is kind of like, this is our sibling and, and we can tease them out of love and we can call them a butthead, but it's because we want those things to get better and we want to help them get better. Um, But if the bully from down the street comes to try to pick on our younger sibling, now we're going to fight you because you don't get to pick on them. We get to pick on them. Yeah. I, all right. So I think this is a good spot for us to seek into kind of this bigger topic, because I mean, I frequently engage in, in conversations with the two of you. And what's fun is I always DM just like the gal pal sports account. So I'm not always entirely sure which one of you I'm actually it's talking usually to. me. It's usually <laughs> me. <laughs> Unless someone is like, Oh, Hey, it's, it's Leslie. It's a, and I'm just like, Oh, okay. This is the one I'm talking to right at the moment. Um, but just in terms of, you know, I think that we went through kind of this interesting patch where okay like you know I sign off on Meg as the schedule out yet shirts right and going okay it's going to be for charity like cool great and it is kind of what I find really interesting about this joke is like first of all I don't really know how it happened because I have never (laughs) ever pretend like even it didn't even happen when I really worked in the league when I would actually know when it was only after I left which makes even less sense to me (laughs) yeah that that people really started asking me like when is the schedule coming out and I was like I would have been able to tell you this a year ago but, and now I have no idea and obviously we got like three different versions of the schedule in 2020 so it became this kind of like really <laughs> terrible <laughs> feedback loop <laughs> over and over and over again and now like I think it's really interesting because obviously this week there was a lot of joking about it right and it's just kind of like and what's fun is sometimes I will reply to people and be like, I just honestly, like, I, I hate to tell you this, but like, I don't have the bandwidth to try to like chase mm-hmm. down this kind of ultimately for me, not that important piece of information. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I also would like a schedule because it is going to allow me to plan. And I definitely think the schedule is super important, but like in the grand scheme of information around the NWSL, this is like 10th on my priority list at Mm -hmm. best. And they're not going to give it to you because you asked. Yeah. (laughs) That's the other thing. It's like, well, are they going to even answer my email first of all? But like, are they, (laughs) you know, it's just kind of like, okay. Like, and, and I think the, the weird thing for me to navigate is like, I never really mind it from, the fans like it it because it has become this kind of like weird part of the NWSL culture and like that's that's fine like also like I definitely came out of fandom culture before I became a reporter right like you know I I had the conversion moment in the the 1999 World Cup then I became an intern then I went back to college right and then like kind of fell away and then came back in as a fan first and then realized like oh I should I should get involved in this space in a more regular fashion but like you know, I've joked with Pablo, my coworker, like the fans here have been formed by the pits of Tumblr, right? Like this is where so much of our humor comes from is this kind of like online culture. So like when it's coming from the community level, 
I don't mind it at all. And like, if it's a team, even sometimes like Houston has that online persona. Right. And I'm like, I get it. Orlando. Right. Um, but I think the bigger conversation here and, and something that we've been kind of talking about is like the league is growing, the culture is changing. How do we start navigating this, this kind of culture trying to grow along with it, where we do have this kind of like longstanding in jokey organic humor. And then suddenly like people trying to use that in really weird ways that we don't anticipate. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's interesting. Um, I think uh, when it comes from someone that's like not the community or not the the team level, it's, you know, it, it doesn't feel as organic and it feels a little less earned. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you look at the Orlando pride, like they've, they came up with a whole, social media strategy when they couldn't go to the challenge cup, like they were able to build something. Um, and it kind of showed that they got it. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Think part of it. Um, I would also say that this joke in particular came out of the fact that women's sports are understaffed and <laughs> underinvested in, and we weren't getting the schedule until two weeks before games started, right? Yeah. And there is kind of an earned um, or understood hustle to keeping this league going and to keeping communication about the league going, um, less so now, which is good. Um, but in the early days, it was like, where is this game being played? <laughs> How do I watch it? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, who's got score updates. And most of that was happening on Twitter because we didn't have those resources at teams or at a league level. Um, I think it's really cool that we're finally getting to the point that there's someone who's going to be responsible for communicating the schedule. It's not Meg. Um, and Meg actually has an entirely different job, whole job um, that doesn't involve this. And we look forward to killing this joke one day. Mm -hmm. um, but as the league grows and we get all this new money and new faces and new voices, we are going to have to figure out a way to balance uh, that new energy coming in and people who want to take part. And then people who are defensive of kind of where the leagues come from uh, and where the community around the league has come from and how we've gotten to today. I think yeah. there's been a lack of recognition um, that, I don't know if the league would be where it is today without the fans or without the people who took it upon themselves early days, much like yourself, um, to talk about the league online, to communicate about it, to uh, go out and take photos and um, kind of the very beginnings of NWSL media. Um, without that kind of organic growth and support, I don't know if we'd be where we are today. And I think part of, you know, the league wandering into our jokes uh, <laughs> comes from uh, like, hey, guys, uh, you know, we'd appreciate a nod. But like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah but it, uh, when when it happens, though, it's kind of like when when your your mom comes into the party and is like, hey, kids, raise the roof. Uh, mm -hmm. You're like, that's not that's not cool when you do it, mom. God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like, you know, as someone who is suddenly kind of at 
the heart of a joke that's being navigated in a very interesting way. Like for me, it's very different when like Alex Morgan mm-hmm. gets in on the joke, right? Which feels like, okay, you're paying attention. Like mm-hmm. also like I'm in that space at the same time. And right. it feels like, okay, like it's a, it's a call out joke, but it's not weird in yeah. that particular instance. For me, it's very interesting just because like it also, when I sign off on the two of you doing the shirts or like make like, there's buy-in on the joke, right? Like it feels like a community thing. And then sometimes I think when we start to see people come in over the top, there's not always that kind of like, as as you say, it's the mom wandering into the room being like, hey guys, what are we doing? Oh, we're making fun of Meg right now? Okay, great. It's like, no, actually we're not. We're not. We're kind of making fun of you guys. Uh, Meg is unfortunately the recipient of the fallout of it and- and for me, if anything, the, the shirt is a, a show of sympathy uh, in your direction of uh, and appreciation of just like, you know, um, you've done a lot of work in this league to keep it where it is um, and, and to talk about it and publicize it. And all we really want is for you to get to take a vacation. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it'd be great if, you know, there was kind of some some balancing out of that power structure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really, I keep going back to that Verge article from Mm -hmm. this summer, right? Which I think was a really good look into fan culture. And I I always feel like those articles can be kind of risky, right? In terms of like not super understanding it, but Nicole Wetzman, who is the the author of this, I mean, we talked for probably 40 minutes on the phone when she was, when she was writing. I know she spoke to a lot of different people about the space and just like fans, media, kind of like all sides of it. And um, you know, what I think is really interesting is this idea from Lindsay Behrens, who now works for the Washington spirit, but at the time worked for the league. And, you know, she's like, well, I mean, the fan base is very online, right? Like she might as well have capitalized very online. Very <laughs> um, but that there is this kind of accountability, right? And I think Absolutely. the interesting thing for me is as the league grows, like the accountability isn't going away. But also now, like, we're kind of navigating the gatekeeping part in a new fashion and that accountability part. Like, it's just I think we're having very different conversations than what we were having in 2013 when the league was forming. Right. Which was really that kind of um, desperate energy of like, please like my league. Right. Like (laughs) there's that kind of energy. And now, like, there is this protective thing, but also just like. I do sometimes get the sense that there is this energy of like, you weren't around with us suffering (laughs) while we had the go 90 orb, right? Like there, there is kind of this, we always get these waves of new fans in, right? And 2019 was obviously a huge thing. 2020, I think though, like really did balloon in a way that a lot of us did not anticipate though. Yeah. So now we're kind of, now that we're in 2021 and we're kind of looking back at like, how is NWSL going to be quote unquote normal again and how this grows and interacts with that fan culture? Like where, where are your heads at in terms of some of these bigger conversations about like what comes next for the culture of, of the NWSL? Mm, I think I think I'm 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 a little less worried about about the gate the gatekeeping. Um, I think 
the the women's hockey community is is kind of something I I look to for that um, where it's like you're you're kind of gatekeeping with a purpose over there where it's like if there's a a certain uh, media sports media group who who won't be named on this podcast because no thank mm-hmm. you um, mm-hmm. who decided that they want to get in it's like I'm I'm happy to gatekeep that away from from my sport because it's like those are the eyeballs uh, that probably aren't interested anyway. Right. <laughs> like that, I'm happy to be like, I don't think you want this here. <laughs> <laughs> well, they want to use it. They want yeah, to use it's it. like, you, you want to use this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very bachelor of, are you here for the right reasons? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sort of a feeling. Um, I think we're in this space and I think all of us are mostly very attuned to how it's affecting women's soccer in the NWSL. Um, but I think it's actually happening in all of the women's sports as that stock kind of grows um, or stonks uh, as goes. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, I think we're kind of in our awkward teen years, uh, which is actually very cool because we haven't gotten to be here before. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had a league last this long. Yep. So we're going into uncharted territory, which is scary. Um, there's a lot of new people coming in and new influences and while ultimately that's a good thing for the growth of the league, it also means things are going to change. Um, and I think now is a really important time uh, for folks who have been in, you know, uh, the, the pits of Tumblr and or, um, you know, we're suffering along the way uh, while this league kind of got its legs under it of what is important to you, what's important to hold on to um, and uh what do you want this league to ultimately grow to be like? Uh, that's been kind of a guiding thought for me for a long time that uh, was introduced to me in a question from a Burn It Down episode years ago. Um, but it stuck with me because we have this feeling of we don't want to be like the men's leagues necessary. We actually have a really cool thing going here already. Yeah. So how do we preserve it, but also let it grow, um, which is, you know, it feels like parenting a little bit of like, we want you to get your independence and leave flourish, <laughs> be yourself, but also like, you know, uh, but, but we like you the way you are a bit. And I think it's a bit bittersweet. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. We, we, I don't think there's ever been this much capital come in to a women's sport at once. Yeah. And I think that's, that's going to change things. And I hope, I hope for the better. I hope this means that people who haven't been getting paid are just finally going to start getting paid. I hope journalists start getting paid and don't have to freelance anymore. Um, I think one thing that I do think might change from a fan perspective, um, I do feel like access might start going away a little bit. Yeah, yeah that, that, that might be a change that, that we might see go away. Yeah. Yeah, at least I, I I do think you know like even going back to like WSA days, right? Like I just think about the way that we have traditionally kind of accessed the athletes themselves, mm-hmm. and obviously social media has has become a huge part of this too. But I think also just in terms of like women's athletes, again, like we're kind of having that bigger fundamental discussion of like what is your job here. Right. Because we're not expecting LeBron to be out here on Twitter personally interacting with people on Twitter. Right. And I I don't think that expectation necessarily exists for like top tier, but like, you know, the 
the 18th player on the roster of an NWSL team also has to figure out like, how do I make that connection with fans? Like, how do I support the team? How do I grow the team? So that is kind of the bigger thing of women's athletes are kind of expected to be all things at all times, like an athlete marketing expert, uh, brand. Yeah. It's just like, did everyone go to business school to figure out how to maximize their, yeah. And most of them have, you know, side jobs or side hustles, either being like coaching camps, uh, apps, you know, uh, clothing lines, they're doing so much. And it's interesting to me, if you juxtapose like, uh, Michael Jordan, let's say was very inaccessible. Um, and back in the day, probably when you're all grown up of like, there was no way for me, a kid in Indiana to get in touch with Michael Jordan or even him to know I exist. Um, and then the internet comes along and all of a sudden, uh, and social media, like makes everyone much more approachable. And to some extent that bar does lower, um, But then as the league gets more popular, it's kind of counterbalancing to make things a little more like, hey, maybe uh, they shouldn't have to do all of this. And so a lot of that, I think, is going to come from the players drawing those boundaries and creating like their own spaces where they feel comfortable to interact um, and working with team leadership, um, legal leadership to, you know, um, maybe commodify it. So it might be, you know, if you're a season ticket holder, you get to interact and do a Q and a, um, but if you're not that, that access might drop a little bit. And I think we have to be okay with that and understand that, that that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a conversation for a lot of things, just in terms of, I mean, I think about kind of like the new trend of, I see this stuff on like Buzzfeed a lot of just like some random waitress will be like, this person's an asshole. And I'm just like, okay. Like, I get it because also like, I am very firmly like, if you are rude to wait staff, like I judge you as a person, <laughs> but at the same time, like not, not every like famous person, celebrity, what athlete, whatever it is, is going to be on a hundred percent of the time. Like people are allowed to have bad moments or not want to interact with you at a certain level if they are not <laughs> yeah, in a place of work. Yeah. Like. They should get to have their own lives. Yeah. Um, and I think that's actually kind of a cool thing of money coming into the league is they don't have to hustle as much. Um, and I think as fans seeing that as a positive is going to take some work. Um, but I think ultimately it benefits the, the players and the leagues, which is what we love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, so I, I just wrote that big feature on Angel City, right? In terms of like thinking about yeah. the kind of money that is now going to be coming into this league and how it can get used. But also, I mean, so fundamental to that team's origin story is the fan group in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. right? In terms of driving <laughs> the conversation of like, we deserve a team here. The fact that there had been no women's professional soccer since LA Soul fell apart, right? Like, there are there's the accountability part but then there's also the fact that like this we have seen the power of women soccer fans and it's not just to like bully espn <laughs> so that Although, it, i mean it kind, of, it kind of worked over the summer i'm just it just did saying. it did it worked <laughs> And that's, and that's not bad because also, I mean, so every time that I've done like the, the surveys, right. Like one of the big questions I did on that first NWSL 
survey was like, what is the biggest thing holding the NWSL back? And I mean, the two answers that essentially tied for first place were money and sexism. And so how, like, how do you fight sexism though, in terms of like institutions, sometimes it is just yelling at people on Twitter. Right. (laughs) And I think the, a lot of the point is uh, in bringing it back to comedy a little bit is punching up. Right. Um, Make sure that the people you're coming after um, are the people who have power to make change and big change Mm -hmm. um, on that institutional level. And um, if you see someone make a misstep that, you know, is someone who you've seen on Twitter a bunch and have interacted with even, um, the approach might be different. Um, And so learning when to use which powers uh, is is an important skill of this internet community, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, But I also think there's something to be said for the people with power that hear it and acknowledge it and make changes. I think CBS did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Um, They kind of adjusted and they listened uh, to feedback. And that, if anything, with last year being their first year with the Challenge Cup, gave me a lot of hope for the future of how it can grow. Um, and getting to see people that previously we've really only seen on Twitter or on you know blogs or writing articles about the league on TV was exciting for all of us. Like getting to see Sandra yeah. on TV was like, Sandra's, Sandra's on TV. <laughs> um, I was just like, she made it. She's doing it. Um, it was like a pregame, a postgame, a halftime right. show. Like, yeah. ha. It can be done. And it's a bit validating, I think, of the community feedback loop um, <laughs> of how it can be used for good. Right. Um, yeah, there's always ways it can be used for for evil or for bullying. And I think that's something we're going to have to be wary of. Yeah. All right. So I think one, one last one, I think that was a good, good talk about NWSL culture, which is just something that I tend to think about maybe too much, but um, in terms of where the two of you, what, what are, what are the plans? Maybe a little sneak peek at the content for, it is kind of crazy to think, like, yes, we are in the longest preseason ever, but Challenge Cup is around the corner. Sure uh, is. The regular season right after, like, I, what was fun is during the off season, quote unquote, that we got, you know, discussing with my editors. And I was like, I started listing all the things that were going to start happening in 2021. I was like, this year's going to be worse somehow. <laughs> yep. Like I thought 2020 was like the most intense year of work I've ever had somehow. And I went to a world cup the summer before 2020 was way harder. And then I looked at 2021 and I was like, Oh, this is the year that's going to kill me. (laughs) I think it might be. Um, (laughs) I think uh, for us, our process at this point has been kind of slow and steady, especially with the, um, indoor time that 2020 <laughs> afforded us uh, was let's work on figuring out what we want to do really um, where we want to go with it and even just like what platform because we've, we've dabbled on Twitch we've done yeah. YouTube we hang out on Twitter mostly and like TikTok exists and we find <laughs> it entertaining but we're a little afraid of it um, I understand that. But, I only signed yeah. up because of the Portland sponsorship. And then I looked at it and then I was like, I, I don't know if I want to open this. Uh, like if it's good, <laughs> it, I'm going to see it on Twitter. And I, I feel too old. I, I have too many gray hairs for this. So 
That's, yeah. that's about <laughs> how I feel. I think I just mentioned dyeing my hair this morning again, because I was like, it feels too old for TikTok content. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, our plan right now is to kind of keep going steady, get ourselves figured out in terms of like what we want to do. Um, in terms of content, we're workshopping we're putting together a a more regular show I think is the goal of getting in the rhythm of a regular show um, and figuring out what that looks like and what aspects of things we've enjoyed doing we can put in 30 minutes and make it a bit more of a formal process so be it talking about you know the week's events I feel like we've got a lot of that but maybe a humorous take on it or you know a critical take on it just a bit of banter between us um so that again, we're not just talking to ourselves more. Uh, no. Um, and then continuing with the sketch, I think the sketch comedy is where we feel most comfortable right now. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, maybe some games and some silliness. I think uh, to some extent, we feel like women's sports always has to be an inspiration story mm-hmm. or has to be an emotional <laughs> journey. And we're like, no, we just no. want to have a couple of beers and like, you know, shoot the shit and have like fun. talk about sports in the way that men get to talk about men's sports. Like let's have the argument, but maybe not be yelly sportsmen on, yeah. on our TV. Yeah. We don't, we don't need to get all, get all worked up about it. Yeah. So I think <laughs> men that, are so emotional. As they, as they say. That's true. <laughs> uh that's it's very true um yeah so uh we're hoping to get a 30 minute show um coming out soon um and i just have so many documents but so many so many so many sketches um yeah there's there's a lot of them lots of notes apps uh (laughs) filled with ideas um and then post-vaccine like we really want to get out and talk to people like that's yeah. kind of where this started was somewhat of a billy on the street uh <laughs> mentality but less less confrontational <laughs> a little, a little less. <laughs> um uh, but even just you know getting out and getting people's thoughts and getting them to play with us yeah. making it more of a fun space for everyone um yeah, so that's that's the hope there. We we really want to get out to some games this year. Um, planning on Euros twenty twenty one, fingers crossed. Assuming that happens, so um, assuming there's no super virus that takes us down. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, they're yeah. still called I think twenty twenty one, but they are taking yeah. place in twenty twenty two. It's twenty twenty one now, Emily. Is it? Yeah. Um, in theory. <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, World Cup. I think right now that's. That's kind of the it's end the of the tunnel of, yeah, figuring out if we can um, really, really do that full time almost there and, you know, make a silly time of it. Yeah. Yeah. That and playing with friends. Uh, that's, that's our other theme of the year. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's really fun whenever we can incorporate uh, folks who are in the community. Like when we got to make a video, like with you and Shireen and, and Andre and Erica, like that was yeah. peak fun. Yeah. I, I have you have you attended an end of your soul championship yet? I have in 2016 in Houston. Okay. Um, the fun thing is too, like when we were coming up, um, like, or when we were starting this, we didn't have a local NWSL team. Right. So a lot of this was how do we engage with the community when we're so removed from it in LA <laughs> um, and we didn't have a team. And then the day after we started telling people we were leaving LA to move to Michigan, uh, during the pandemic, 
is the day that Angel City announced uh, they were coming to LA. So it felt a little personal um, and we're not mad about it's it. fine. Um, but now we get to go, you know, uh, right. hopefully we've got Chicago is a few hours away. I grew up an hour from where uh, Louisville Stadium is. So uh, pregame at my parents' house. Okay. Uh, for anyone who wants to join, party bus down will be good. Um, but yeah, we. I, I'm hoping we can just you know travel every weekend and go see some games. Yeah, yeah. I'm very NWL championships are an adventure. Um, I'll put it that way. At least the way that I have experienced them, it is usually the night that I remember that I am pretty much a lightweight by the end of the night and it is never <laughs> a good end for me. Um, I've had some truly, truly epic hangovers the day after the NWSL championship, <laughs> mostly because like, you know, the season is done. Right. But also, oh, yeah. you know, there, are, and again, as we're talking about access, right. Like you can frequently kind of end up in the same space as the players. Um, oh, yeah. but not, not necessarily always either. Like, I think honestly, there was, the the championship in Portland when North Carolina won, but we still went out with all the Portland people and it was just kind of like sad bastard drinking that then turned into karaoke, right? Like <laughs> there is joy to both sides, even though it, it is also painful. But as you were saying, like that is kind of the joy of actually just treating sports as sports. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have fun with it. Uh, the relief i think of the season you know i'm guessing you all hit send on the story and the wrap-up of the the <laughs> game and it's it is just like, like okay. literally <laughs> trying to get that story done and then being like what bar is everyone else because everyone yes. else is already gone and is yep. usually already at least four drinks in by the time the media start to straggle in so then it's catching up and also uh, my personal challenge to myself this year is outgrowing Steph Young's encouragement of fireball in NWSL events because that is wow. it goes down so smooth, Meg. It does not. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be Team Meg on this one, so okay, I'll, be team I'll, be, I'll be on Team Enabler. Thank you. Um, and we yeah. did we did class it up a little bit in North Carolina. Um, the Cooligans and Equalizer Soccer had an event, and we were drinking Bud Light in honor of the sponsorship, but we were drinking bourbon instead of fireball so there was slight improvement yeah that seems good so i think you could be swayed to team bourbon over fireball i could but like with fireball you just kind of knock it back with bourbon you want to get fancy with and just "Mm, bourbon (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll just be like in a guinness in the corner (laughs) we could could do an entire podcast on bourbon as far as i'm concerned but (laughs) please tell folks where they can find the two of you where they can watch videos, all whatever you would like to promote. If you would like to promote the shirt, you can feel free to do so at this time. <laughs> sure. So you can find us on Twitter at GalPal Sports. Uh, the t-shirt should be the, the first pinned tweet. Uh, we're also on Instagram and TikTok, theoretically, uh, also at GalPal Sports. And then, yeah, from all those, there are links to YouTube, which unfortunately doesn't have a cool, uh, yeah. a cool URL, but it's cool in its own way yeah yeah all right well thank you to the two of you uh for being on the pod and um i will be very curious to see 
how many t-shirts I just I'm waiting for the world to open back up and for me to go to a game for the first time and to see that t-shirt in the wild because I don't know what I'm gonna do about it yet I have not figured out what the the normal human reaction is to seeing one of those shirts in the wild I don't think we have yet either that kind of scared us a bit but we did get a Instagram DM from someone who said they ordered theirs and was very much looking forward to wearing it to an NC Courage game so that'll be pretty cool okay good so at least I know like I'm assuming there's probably at least one in every NWSL market the question is like does it line up with a game I'm at so yeah find out I guess yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a timing schedule and everyone will put their <laughs> people can sign up based on my travel schedule once. <laughs> so that way you'll just yeah. have to always wear your no shirt. <laughs> no, you just get a shirt, get you a shirt that says not Meg Linehan. <laughs> you keep walking. It's not All me. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for being on the pod. Super appreciate it. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having us. Thank you to Emily and Leslie for their time. And if you do go purchase one of those Meg is the schedule out yet t-shirts, just a reminder that all of the proceeds of this run are going to Black Voters Matter. So it is definitely for a good cause right now in the larger work of ensuring voter rights. It's an organization that I I deeply admire. So if you can give a little extra on top of the the t-shirt cost, I highly, highly encourage that. Okay. One more thing, Megan Duggan actually mentioned this on the bonus podcast from last week about the PWHPA, but I did specifically want to flag the fan project to the listeners of the show. Now, this is a a whole endeavor started by Angela Ruggiero. Um, Here's how it works. You download your Twitter data, they take it, they make it anonymous, and then they use everyone's collective data to justify greater resources and investment uh, into women's sports, including the coverage of women's sports. That's the plan. So there will be a link in the show notes, but everything you need to know is at thefanproject.co, uh, including how to download all of your information from Twitter that they need, and then you get a reward when you actually submit it, whether that's a $15 gift card to Fanatics or a t-shirt or a tote bag, you get to pick. It is not a huge time suck, so I definitely recommend it. I'm very hopeful that having this kind of data, which is driven by fans, might change some minds. Okay, as always, the home for the show is at fulltimepod.com. There is the trailer for 2021. We've got links to Apple, Spotify, Google, The Athletic, everywhere that you need to listen to the show on your platform of choice. As always, please make sure you subscribe. You can share the show with a friend or two. Again, you know the drill. Your subscriptions, your ratings, your reviews all help grow the show, as well as your engagement, your retweets, your Instagram stories, everything else that you do to support this podcast about women's soccer. And as always, I appreciate all of the extra effort. Now, if you do want more women's soccer content, plus everything else The Athletic has to offer for just $3.99 a month, it is March Madness time, right? So we've got a lot of women's college basketball going on right at the moment. Uh, you can start your new subscription at theathletic.com slash full-time. As always, you can find me on Twitter at It's Meg Linehan. Our podcast producer is Michael Zimmerman. From The Athletic, I'm Meg Linehan, and thank you for listening. Thank you.